Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. I wrote out a huge, long script explaining some of my thoughts on this episode, but I hate reading scripts, even this one. So I wrote this shorter one instead. Days like this are difficult for me. I'm not asking for sympathy. I just want to give some context. I am still a very passionate fan of this team, and games like the one Tuesday night upset me. Uh, They piss me off. I've been reading all the message boards and Twitter threads and Reddit posts. I've heard the Twitter spaces, and it has taken all the self-control I've been able to muster to not roll up my internet sleeves, wade into every one of them, and start insisting that I know what's best and pushing my weight around. And if you know me even a little bit, you know that I'm opinionated. Uh, But I'm a team employee. I have responsibilities to more than just my shifting emotional whims. I try with this show to bridge the gap between fan and team employee, and I'm sure I don't always succeed, but I genuinely hope we did with this episode. You're not going to hear a cataloging of grievances or imaginative solutions to every problem, real or imagined. You're going to hear me and Jim try and make sense of a confusing morning. There'll be more information coming out tomorrow. There'll be more developments, no doubt, and we'll try and deal with those as they come. As for this episode, I hope it's enjoyable. I hope it's interesting. Go Kings, go. Joining me now, LA Kings color commentator Jim Fox. How are you doing today, Jim? Well, Jess, I'm still a little... I need some rest. Yeah. Uh, so we are recording this at noon on Wednesday, November 30th. The original plan was for us to come in, watch practice. There'd be a media availability. And after the media availability, Zach Dooley and Dennis Bernstein and I were going to come in here and do a goofy little game. Uh, practice was canceled. And then while we were in conversations for what to do as a result of practice being canceled, uh, the news, well, I guess it's not officially news, but... Uh, report? Yes. The report came out that Cal Peterson had been placed on waivers. Um, let's just get that one out of the way because there's the least to say about it um, until I have still not seen at the time of this recording any sort of official comment from the team to confirm that report. I believe that it's true, uh, but I've not seen it. I've heard the it. official comment from the team, I believe, is the official comment. And I'm not trying to make a joke here mm-hmm. is that they do not comment on players that are put placed on waivers. And that tracks with what I've observed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are ways that that information propagates that that anyway the point is i don't know yet but i believe it to be true 
So, um, the it's, reason it's simple then. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you need to go on waivers in order to be sent down mm-hmm. to Ontario. You put players on waivers also too to let them know they're available mm-hmm. and can be picked up for a fairly low price. So we assume that that will not happen because of the way Cal has played this year and his numbers and the struggle he's had and his contract. Yep. We make that assumption that we put that all together. There's not going to be a, a long line right now. So it's rediscover his game. That's what it is. Playing for the rain. Playing for the rain. Find a way to not have to focus as much on wins and losses. And I know the people in Ontario are going to slap me up and say, what do you mean? What do you, well, your American Hockey League affiliate is there to support the NHL team. And sometimes there are sacrifices to be made. So in Cal's head, let's, you know, forget about the wins and losses and let's figure out how do I push here? What was I doing when I was, uh, you know, first come up to the Kings? And I had a big presence and this is the technique I was using here. Has that slid? Has it gone away? Has it changed? If it hasn't, okay, practice into games. Into games, you can start thinking about that. Where if you're at the NHL level, you don't want to, you want to just be playing, right? You're a golfer, backswing, hand position. Once you're into the round, you forget about all that and you just go and play because you've practiced it, practiced it, practiced it. I think that's what the Kings are hoping, that Cal can go down and rediscover. We can talk till we're blue in the face about his contract and what happened there. and what's, That's all past, and now you look forward and try to readjust and find a way to get him back on his game. Unfortunately, this medium is ill-suited for these sorts of situations because we're recording this at noon on a Wednesday. By the time people listen to this tomorrow, which uh-huh. will be Thursday morning, there's a possibility this this will be resolved one way or the other. Um, or there's a possibility that it, that he clears waivers, is assigned. Or as Zach Dooley pointed out, there's a possibility that he clears waivers, is not assigned. And the act of placing him on waivers was simply a statement from the organization to, yeah. to the players. There, there's, there's about five different scenarios, yeah. but very few of them have Cal changing positions. Maybe only one right. does him changing positions as far as where he's going to be playing in the NHL. Right. So the reason I wanted to lead off with that is because, like I said, there's yeah. that's about all there is and, to say. And you know what? It. it is needed, right? Yes. I think it is needed. I think for Cal has to rediscover his game. And... If you're following the Kings, you have to hope that happens because you have a contract that's hanging out there and it's you know substantial. It's not the highest, but mm-hmm. it's substantial. And it's something that in a salary cap era, you've got to find the answer to. So that then brings us to last night's game, which would have been the topic of conversation had the report about Cal Peterson right. not come out. Uh, I was at the game, so I did not hear the call of the game. But I've been led to believe that you were uh, particularly adamant that last night's game um, had to that represented something different this season than other well, out of control games. Well, I would say no. I think my position was enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I think the game, if you take it singularly, was an anomaly because I've never seen that. I've sure. seen ten two. Mm-hmm. Or twelve seven, but I've never seen a game where 
and when I was comment, commenting last night, I think the one thing I was saying, I was saying, you know, no matter, no matter the result here, and this is when the Kings were losing by multiple goals multiple times, <laughs> I knew they were going to come back. Sure. Just, not because of what they were doing, just the game itself. I just felt there was a, a very large chance that this would go to overtime. I, I just felt that would be the case. So I was saying, even if the Kings do come back here, let's not forget this game because, as I think I said, a line needs to be drawn in the sand and then I said, a line needs to be drawn in the ice. So someone has to take a stand here, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the players, whether it's the management, all the, someone has to take a stand. And, and the reason I did that, because as much of an anomaly that one singular game was, we've seen it before this year and we've seen it too many times this year. And it just goes 180 degrees away from where this, this team was when they were successful. Does that mean I want to recreate what happened in the past? No, because this team is higher skilled. It does have opportunities that weren't there in the past. It has the opportunity to, to adjust the mindset. And, you know, you're never out of a game. You can get back because you have some offense. The power play is the best I've seen it in years. In years. So you, you have a chance. But it's just going too far away from their identity in a span of two months to open the season. So as the game was progressing last night, I was going back and forth between, okay, what, what do we want to talk about, Todd, after the game tonight? And at one to nothing... Uh, yesterday morning in the pregame uh, after the morning skate, Todd talked to us about uh, the concerns about the team being flat. And I thought as soon as the scoring opened up in, what was it, 16 seconds into the game or something, my first thought was, is that dangerous when it comes to making sure that your team doesn't come out flat because now they've got a false sense of, like, that was just a curiosity I had. Then by the end of the first period, it was three to three. Then in the second period, it's eight to three. Six. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like, okay. And I kept going back and forth. And then at some point, I was like, well, I'm not asking anything tonight. I'll just wait till today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, it was the first goal. You know, they talked about not being flat. You know, they, they made, like it was a one face-off clean. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, a swoop underneath from Fiala. And the, the passing was, and then they got it in deep and created a, a situation where the puck's in front. But the way they entered the zone, you very rarely see that off an opening face-off. So you say, no, they're not flat. They're ready. Right. They're connecting. They're supporting the puck. They're available. We felt, or at least I felt going into the game, that as much as it was the passer, the receivers needed to be a little bit more supportive to the puck. And, and that happened on goal number one. But, yeah, it did slide away from the, – the common point for this season so far is not what's happening offensively, not what's happening on the power play. It's what's happening defensively and what's happening on the penalty kill, which is, again, different from the past. And uh, that's where I think – I'm not <sighs> – I'm not. I think I said it about two weeks ago. This identity. Th- I'm hearing too much about that. So, so no, I'm going to hop in here real quick because okay. I've referenced you saying that, and and I have apologized on the show for speaking on your behalf. So now I have you here, and I'll which is always I'd difficult. Like to clarify. It's it's because, hard, and I don't like to do it. And because many many times it's not what the person said. Absolutely. So but, so what I the caveat that I have added is I don't know if this is what Jim meant, but this is what I heard. 
this is right. how I interpreted what, what you've heard. And I've heard you say on a number of occasions, this identity stuff, the conversation it's, has it's to go It's concerning to me. So what I heard when you would say that is not that you are personally tired of hearing it, not that it is a unconstructive conversations, but like you said, that it suggests that the identity is not established exist. yet. Right. <laughs> well, that's, I think that again, I think it can be tweaked. It should be tweaked. I don't want the Kings to be a one, three, one team and just hold on and force dump ins. And that's part of your game. Mm-hmm. And I think the Kings made an adjustment last year. That was kind of option. Number one, this year, they made the adjustment that it wasn't going to be option. Number one, uh, maybe at this point you have to go, maybe there are some times where you have to get back to the foundation, right? To, to base one. Uh, you got to get back there just so everyone feels more. Maybe that's stop the bleeding, right? Let's stop the bleeding before we move forward. Maybe that's where they are. I just, there's there's a lot going on there right now. And, and I think, I, I, I hoped that it would have already been settled. So recently I had uh, my dad and his friend and former season ticket partner on Thanksgiving to talk about the team and the 10 questions. And one of the things that came up with in conversation was my dad saying, sorry, my dad saying all this conversation about identity. And he apologized. He said, listen, I'm sorry. I've been watching hockey for 60 something years. Maybe I'm an idiot, but what does that even mean? What even is identity? So, I'll just give you an opportunity to address that question because I think it's an interesting one. Identity is the way that you determine you can win games. Okay. And then how many players buy into that? Meaning, again, I think inconsistency has been used this year, right? Rightly so. I think inconsistency happens when, for whatever reason, there's multiple agendas. Meaning a player... Is in a position where you know, I wish I wasn't here. I think I'd be better. If that's what you're thinking, then you're not committed. It happens all the time. Inconsistency. Uh, you're not happy with your ice time. You're not happy. Individual players, and is it one? Is it two? Is it four? Is it seven? Then that leads to going away from your original question of, that's why maybe they're talking about identity now because they're not committed. They're not all in agreement about what is the best way this team can consistency consistently win games. And I think it's I think it's very important. I think it might be the most important thing. And when you have that, and I've talked. I've seen it before, and we talked to Todd earlier this year, and he, understandably, he said, you're either moving forward or you're moving back. I think there's an automatic pilot that, team gets on, that teams get on when they are playing to their identity. It's like, it usually lasts five, six, seven, eight games in a row. And the first shift looks exactly like the 27th shift. And the 27th shift looks exactly like the 59th shift. It just is an automatic pilot that the group gets into and going, you know what? This is how we have to play. And there's no hesitation. There's no second guessing. And, you know, it, it's, tough to, it's tough to get that answer because if I went to any player on the team and said, you know, are you happy with your role? They're going to say, yes, I'm happy with my role. I think I should be here. That's what we're doing. Blah, 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 blah. 
They're not going to say, no, I'm not happy with them. That happened more so in the old, you know, maybe once in a while it happens. But uh, you've got it. They've got to figure it. I just wished and hoped that it would have happened sooner that they've come to this. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a joint decision. And I don't know if one person stands up on the 15th day of the season and says, yeah, we've got it. No, I think it's osmosis. I think it happens. I think it's, I don't think it's manufactured. I think it happens. Is that possible? You know, I, I don't think you can go up to the board and go step one, step two, step three, step four. No, that's your system. That's, uh, you know, who's going to be on the power play? Who's going to get eight minutes? Who's going to get 19 minutes? That's, those are the steps, but it has to come together. And uh, it does. It comes together for a lot of teams. Unfortunately, this year it hasn't yet for the Kings. And I think if we go back to last year, I remember it took, I believe, I believe it was late December or early January where the, where the coaching staff and the players were comfortable talking publicly about, yes, we know who we are. So it took them half a year last year, half a season. I know there's going to be tweaks to that. It changes every single year, but I just hope that would have happened quicker. Still a long way to go. Still in a playoff spot. I know the Kings have played more games than others, and I think they're tracking in at about 92-point pace, which will not get you in. So that's that has to improve, and there's still a long way to get to that. So the conversation about expectations is almost as frequent as the conversations about identity. Um, and I feel a little bit personally infringed upon because expectations has been a talking point of, <laughs> of mine for years. But I feel like a tremendous amount of concern is based on the fact that the rhetoric around this team has been that expectations have risen. Okay. Uh, first of all, to me, expectations are the basis in which an individual forms his opinion. Yeah. His or her opinion. 100%. Their opinion. That's what it is. So I think I've been more critical this year on the air because expectations rose. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a broadcaster, I have to recognize that. I have to understand it. And you don't have to make the adjustment, but I think I'm treating this team differently than it was the Stanley Cup teams or differently when... We were in the bridge years and just trying to get through games and trying to... So before the season started, I said, I expect this team. And I was very cautious. I didn't want to talk wins and losses or point totals. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just said, this team's going to get better. It's going to get better this year and should continue to do that for five to six years. And I still believe that. I still believe that maybe it's just a little bit of... But the expectations is something that's very... So if you expect this team to be a Stanley Cup champion, then you're calling for everyone's head right now. Everyone. If you expect them to be a playoff team, you're a little disappointed. You're a little concerned like me. Um, You know, let's get going here. Let's get it going. Because of how it's happening, right? If the numbers were the same, wins and losses, and the Kings had a 2.3 goals against average, then I think we'd all feel more comfortable. So, but yeah, but they don't. <laughs> to, but no, no, no. To a certain extent, 
from that standpoint, right, from the defensive standpoint, it cannot get any worse. So there's only one way to go. I mean. You think it can get worse? Everything everything can always get worse. Okay, 7-6 in Calgary. Uh, Minnesota. I just don't don't want to tempt fate. (laughs) 9-8. Like, I understand what you're saying. It it can't get any worse. So that's where I'm always thinking, okay, it can only get better. Much like I, I, I hate going into the playoff series with a number one power play. Because mm-hmm. there's only one way that can go, especially in the playoff series when the other team can concentrate on you for seven games. And so, room for improvement. That's where, and, and they've done it before. So they, we just talked about Cal earlier recreating, or he, he's got to re the Kings group has to get back and reestablish. I think was the word I reestablish. Uh, Identity will change. It will be tweaked. But like I said, 180 degrees is a tough change to make. So in, I don't know, February or March last year, I started saying that I could imagine a season, this one, where the Kings didn't make the playoffs, but improved, right? Incontrovertibly improved, but still missed the playoffs. And I was saying it because I... My expectations were that other people's expectations would not be measured because that's history. People don't necessarily – people base their expectations on what they hope more than what they see. And so I saw last year as, okay, they made the playoffs. It was great. It was fun. It was tremendous. It was vast improvement on the prior season. But a lot of it had to do with the Pacific Division not being as competitive and a lot of surprises – from this, right? Like making the playoffs with 99 points when you have 14 defensemen. But yeah, how and, they did it. Again, how, and again, it's concerning now how it's happening. How they did it last year was impressive. It extremely was. impressive because you lose so many guys. Other than goaltender, the most important position in hockey, you know, and they just had a, and that was, and it can still happen this year. I'm not, I'm concerned, but it can still happen. Last year was a great, there was a six-game, might have been a four, four to six-game road trip back east. And I remember we weren't traveling at the time. We were still in a position where we were doing studio. And that's when that group was on automatic mm-hmm. pilot. They were so efficient playing on the road against really good teams and beating them because the Kings dictated the style of the game. And then they were able to defend later on to hold leads and things of that sort. So... I think, again, it's not going to be worse. It's not. It's going to only get better. Defensively. Because I love movies and cartoons and everything like that, when you say that, all I can imagine is the character holding the umbrella and then the person coming up to them and saying, well, it can't get any worse, and then the lightning bolt strikes the top Bing. of the umbrella. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about today, though, because there's a lot of question marks, but one thing that we can say definitively is the practice was canceled this morning. Right. Um, as a former player, as a broadcaster, somebody who's seen the industry from all sides, why, yep. why is practice canceled uh, on a morning like this when everybody assumed as of last night that it was scheduled? The good thing is this, and I think a lot, there might be many people out there rightly so saying, well, if they're so confused as Todd mentioned, that was the word he used last night, right? After the game. Mm-hmm. Then they should be on the ice working on it. Hmm. No. Uh, that's that's okay. I understand that. And your point is valid. Right now, what takes precedence is this. And I don't know whether it's going to be a players-only closed-door meeting. I don't know that at all. I don't know. I'm like you. I'm sitting upstairs and we, we're told what's going on. I was just hoping... 
post-game last night that something would happen, some type of meeting. And I think right now, at this point, that is more important than going on the ice. And whether it's coaches calling it, whether it's players calling it, whether it's management calling it, I'm not sure. It can't, cannot always be coaches and management. You know, the strongest is when the players get together as a group, and they may have done that already. They may have. We don't know that. Because things happen behind closed doors, you don't find out. And that can happen. But I, I assume that today, the reason for canceling practice was to discuss something. Who led that? I'm not sure. Whether it's the, the leadership group going to the uh, coaching staff and saying, Coach, we, we need to sit here and talk about this. Uh, in a non-instructional environment, meaning it's not system, it's not, it's maybe it is more back to that identity thing. You know, that it's just, and again, or maybe it's the coaches who are saying, hey guys, we've talked about this, we've gone over it, now we need to sit down and really hash this out. Or maybe it's management coming down and saying, you know, which, which happens what? It happens once a year in every city, right? Where the management comes. Well, because it can't happen all the time. If it happens more than once or twice, then you're, you're really in trouble. The season's over. Um, but something, I assume something is being discussed today. And, and I think it's needed. And I think it's warranted. Because I'm me, I'm going to tell, uh, I'm going to insert a childhood story from my life into this conversation uh, and see if any questions come out of it. Um, when I was in Boy Scouts, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if Canadian Boy Scouts are even the same as American Boy Scouts, but here you go through. They are the same with a different citizenship. Oh, okay, perfect. There you so go. I went through Cub Scouts, I went through Weebelos, and then my first year or second year in the Boy Scout troop. Uh, all my friends from the neighborhood, we'd all come up together. We'd all, the camping trips, the you know, the Takowitz, that's the local Boy Scout camp. Um, I was elected patrol leader. And a couple times. Congratulations. Thanks. It was a, it's on my resume. Um, however, I never earned any merit badges. And I never advanced through the ranks. I'm not even sure I necessarily was made tenderfoot. And the leadership of the troop kept impressing upon me the need for troop leadership and patrol leadership to be active participants and do stuff that made you look like a Boy Scout. Mm -hmm. And I had other interests and I just sort of said like, yeah, okay, that's great. I'm just going to keep coming to the meetings and going on the trips and I'm the patrol leader so I get to sit down and all the things. And finally, the troop leader changed the bylaws of our troop. So that you could no longer hold leadership positions unless you had achieved a certain rank. So I quit. You're out. <laughs> so rather, out. rather than rather than actually take that um, hint and start earning merit badges, which arguably is the point of being in Boy Scouts, I just said, all right, well, I'll go do more music stuff. Mm -hmm. And I quit the Boy Scouts. In an organization like a, like a hockey team. Can't do that. Can you, you not? You can. Okay. Your career's over. Oh, I don't mean quit. I mean No, but I mean if you if you become if you make a stand like that, mm -hmm. the current team you're on won't want you and no one else will either. So in in essence, you are putting yourself onto a shelf that no one wants to reach to. But what are the options for the organization at this point? 
for, you know, the players can have a closed door meeting. The players can tell the coach we're not practicing today. But but if you're in the front office, they can't you, tell the coach. They can ask the coach. Okay, <laughs> but but I mean, what? So you know, I see all these things like well, trades, firings, you know, uh-huh. free agents, whatever, whatever. But it seems to me that there are actually very few options in the middle of a season like this. Uh, the trades are always available, but when discussed in an open forum. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, if you think the player is so bad, why do you think another team would want him? I mean, that's just one if, complication. If, if you, okay, <laughs> then salary cap. Yeah. Okay, now you've got your, you have your roster, and now you've got to maneuver within those parameters. You have the short-term development, and then you have the long-term asset management. And... How do you balance that? That's a, you know, the Kings have that situation now, right? Where Ontario is doing pretty well and they have some really good young players and some players that we respect and we think are going to be with the Kings sooner or later. Not yet. Why? Because, well, some have to clear waivers, some don't. And so you're always long term, short term. We've talked about it before. I always met the long term guy's your GM and the short term guy's your coach. And they've got to find a balance and, that's what's going on right now. And that, you know, trades. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that the Kings would love to have a left-handed defenseman because of the makeup of their, the other guys probably doesn't have to be a mobile guy, can be a bigger, more physical presence, or at least size presence. I'm talking reach mm-hmm. more than anything else to, to snuff out lanes and things of that sort, or one-on-one to to make sure that it, you take away time and space. Uh, so that's that's what they're looking for, aren't they? That's, I assume well, like, that's what I they're looking what for. I guess what I'm sort of trying to indirectly ask is, if we accept that the identity issue is prevalent and concerning, doesn't that sort of suggest that making one alteration to the lineup, or even two alterations to the lineup, even five... right? That's not necessarily the fix. It, I, I understand your point. It's not necessarily the fix. It might introduce a player who's committed to what you're asking him to do as opposed to someone else who's not or struggling with it. And I, I, I'm going to live by my own rules here. If, if I'm going to criticize someone for effort, mm-hmm. then I better name him. Mm-hmm. I don't have that name. I don't I don't have the player I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm just going general reasons why inconsistency is there. And it's come up in a different couple of topics. But if you do change two or three players, you might you might adjust the way the team can play. So all right, or has I'll, to play. I'll use my own words again rather than trying to put anybody. So last year I sort of the phrase that I would jokingly re- resort back to is the notion that the team made the playoffs based on the power of friendship. And what I meant when I said it was I saw a team that with the additions of Deneau and Arvidsson and Edler and the ascent of players like Trevor Moore and Sean Dursey, that there had been enough new players injected into the lineup who all had a sort of never-say-die energy and that that influx of energy was enough to pull the team from non-playoff contention the previous season into a 99-point season, 
that it had less to do with systems or coach. And obviously the coaches oversaw that, that personality. So I'm not trying to deprive anybody of credit, but that from my perspective, when I said the power of friendship, that's what I meant. Does that sound like the ramblings of an uninformed fan? No, no, it's, I think it's the foundation for any winning team. Again, when you use the word friendship, that maybe implies a personal relationship. Mm. I mean, I was just being dramatic. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I know. It's a great, great, uh, great term, great phrase. Uh, but that, that does happen. Do you, do you, I know there's many examples of teams that don't necessarily have personal relationships that, that do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if part of what you're saying was the sum of the parts were exceeded the mm-hmm. individual talents, then maybe that was part of it. Um, but getting better from within, Trevor Moore and the steps he took allowed the Kings to be a better team because he was finding his groove. Victor Arvidsson comes aboard, right? And shows you what a nonstop type of player, right? And, and then there are players out there, Victor is not one of them, where you can't confuse activity for achievement. Right. Where there's a whole bunch. I, I remember Jack for I'll never forget. He was talking about a player, won't name him. But Jack, he, no one gets to the wrong spot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets to the wrong spot quicker than boom. That's funny. So, and, but... But so now you've got, now we named two guys, mm-hmm. Alexander Edler, a guy, when you watch him, you would say, compared to those other two I just mentioned, he's not trying because his movement mm. is not eye-catching. It's very effective. Yep. It's very smart. It's very cerebral. It has to do with size too, because you can use that reach. And so all of those things, so they're, they're worth replay. Then you add Philippe Deneau. So now you're talking about three from the outside, one from the inside. This year, you had Fiala and, say, Gabe Velarde, one from the outside, one from the inside. And that's what you're... You have to keep getting better from the inside. You can only supplement the inside, I think, just in the salary cap era. So, you know, the Rangers got the Rangers got fortunate with Panarin. I think he had a previous relationship with John Davidson at the time. John was... So he was able to move to the team he wanted to, those types of things. Now they're not all in the same places anymore. Uh, Panarin is... So that, that allowed the Rangers, remember, like 18 months previous, they sent a letter to everyone, we're yeah. going through a rebuild. Well, they were able to make a few adjustments, and that's, that was the, that doesn't happen every day. You know, that's, that's not the rule. That was the exception. Um, and that's where we are right now with this group. And it's, I still think that there's no question in my mind they can come out of it. I, I think that, like I said earlier, it can't get any worse, which only means again, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. I believe this is a, po- a, a distinct possibility for this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, my concern is how long it's taking to get there when I thought there was going to be a, a benchmark that would not a benchmark that they would not go under. Mm-hmm. And I think so far they've been under it, that benchmark. So I think we're going to wrap it up pretty soon unless there's anything else no, you want to no, add. No. There's, I'm going to add one. I mean, let's... We, yeah. I want, I'd like to talk today because if I believe they need to talk, 
I mean, I think it's it is it's a, it's a moment. It's a it's a it's a it's a part of a season that it might take them three weeks from now to get going. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow night, but I think this could be one of those areas where one of the, those dates where you can look back. Hopefully, in April we look back and go. November 30th was the day this team started to build its route to the playoffs. See, I thought that moment was going to be Kevin Fiala stealing the puck in the defensive zone against the Rangers and going down and leading to that goal. But then, whatever, 40 seconds later. uh, But I'm going to just add one final thing. um, And I want to be real clear when I say this. I don't... The fact that I'm saying it is a concern for me does not mean that I want the exact opposite of it to happen. But exactly the can- canary in the coal mine for me is the fact that I don't think I've seen Sean Dursey get in a single fight this season. And last year, he was I was concerned for his health and safety <laughs> when he times. would pick the fights. Right. But again, it was that that's when I again when I say like the power of friendship. It was those moments where you went like, wow. That guy has no business fighting that guy, and that cannot help but endear him and energize the team. And there have been very few moments like that. I, I'm not saying I want Sean Dursey no. to start, go start no. fights. but Let, Let's stay with Sean. Okay. Is he not a lightning rod player? Yes, very much so. Okay. So why? Because he is, he is at this point, or at least this season, mm. he's an equal opportunity defenseman. Mm-hmm. Meaning a lot's going to happen against him and a lot's going to happen for him i have not seen the power play this good in years and you know who the number one factor that might be is it might be sean dursey yeah because again he's the quarterback there he he's the guy that initiates plays he's the guy that communicates plays he's the guy that so and then you have to live with the part other parts of his game consistency in the non-power play situations what he's striving for do you think that the coaching staff knows that he might be playing out of position (laughs) i would hope so okay so that's part of it that is part of it and i know there's you know people that question that and that's good they question that they question whether moving from right to left is a big issue now no big deal it it is a big deal it is a big now but there's a we've got to find a way to get sean consistent in the, and I was going to say defending, but some decisions, right? He's made trying to trying to make something happen. We got to, they were going to work on that with him, and at the same time, don't change a thing on the power play. Don't change a thing. We were looking at the numbers today, and I hope it can continue. I think it's only going to get better from here. That's my opinion because I see them in practice. I love the breakdown in practice. They do the five on fours and you go through all that and you have your set plays or your concepts and you're going, and then I love that Jim Heller stays on the ice after with two guys from that power play unit. And they just go over repetition, over repetition, over repetition of something that happens on that five man unit, but they do together. And then a third guy will be, so they just really breaking it down step by step. And then I give the players immense credit for taking that instruction and practice and bringing it to the game. And we're looking at the numbers. As we sit here today, they're 12th ranked in the NHL. Five times they've scored a goal 
Five times they've scored a goal just as the other team is getting back to even strength. With those five goals, I think the Kings would be second, hmm. number two in the league. So I don't, I'm not trying to maneuver numbers and manufacture numbers. I'm just, I'm so impressed with the, the, that area. And, you know, maybe Sean Dursey, is, he's, I say, you know what? He's a lightning rod by the leg. I'll tell you what, when he sits in the room and when he talks, he, he, he tells you what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. He wants to, not everyone's a leader. He wants to be a leader. And he, that's, I, I, I admire that. That's, you always can pull that back as opposed to trying to instill it in someone. So, and maybe, you know, in those decision-making areas for Sean, that's what we have to do. We have to pull that back a little bit. And then the defending is a whole other issue. I, I, again, he's playing his offside. It, it's, it's a work in progress there. Well, the whole team is a work in progress. The season is a work in progress, but obviously everybody listening to this hopes that you're right. I think it, it could happen. I, I, think, I think the defense can only get better. So if that happens, there might be a little hit to the offense, but the one area that the offense probably won't be hurt that way, say you make adjustments mm-hmm. in, in a – in a, in a mindset and you're going to be more aggressive, less aggressive, say they need to pull back and be less aggressive for a while to, to stop the bleeding defensively, that doesn't hurt the power play. When you're on the power play, right. you can do what you want to do. If that power play can keep going, they can win some games where last year they weren't able to win games. Well, the only thing I can say definitively here today at 12.40 p.m. is that I have no idea what the next 24 hours will bring. Uh, I'll even expand it out to 36 hours because by the time 36 hours is eclipsed, we'll have another game under our belts. Tomorrow's going to be fascinating. I I, I sit on the sidelines as a broadcaster and I can be critical and I can criticize and I can do, but you know, I've been here long enough since 1980. I I do feel part of it. I, 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 you know, people, why don't you get mad at, I don't want to get mad at them. I'm not on the ice with them, but I want them to, to progress and I want them to get better and sometimes it is concerning, and it, it, that's that's the word I use right now. It is concerning, but I, I'm hoping, like everyone else, hopefully listening, that it will turn around. Well, we'll find out tomorrow or tonight for those listening <laughs> on Thursday. Jim Fox, pleasure as always. Jesse, anytime. Anytime.